This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. And we are gathered in Roger's uh, sitting room, as spring is sort of half-heartedly breaking around us. It's quite warm out there. hasn't frozen for days. No, no, no sleet or anything. And we're going to talk about uh, various topics of interest to role, role gamers, such as... Uh, when a, when a society's been cut off for a while and then returns to, well, what does it return to? Well, yeah, what is outside the island? What is beyond the horizon, Grandfather? Well, you wouldn't like that. Also, we're going to be talking about really bad things happening to societies and things collapsing in, in upon themselves. Not that we're being inspired, inspired by anything in particular here. And blindness... As a character trait, as a story element, how is it useful? How is it interesting? But first, we'd like to mention... Uh, Two people have very kindly given us uh, contributions to keep the podcast running. Thank you to Mark Graham and thank you to Dirk the Dice. And I'd like to mention um, Dirk's uh, podcast, um, uh, The Grognard Files, because they have just done a very useful thing, which I've been saying for a while somebody ought to do. And had a look at how fate works and have done a programme about its advantages and its disadvantages, its virtues and its faults, uh, using um, the setting of Robin of Sherwood, which was very interesting to me and sort of confirmed my opinion about both the limitations and the opportunities of running fate. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but I'll definitely look forward to it. You definitely should. I sort of agree with... Most of what Judge Blythe judged in this particular uh, case. Also, our friends at the Bundle of Holding have a couple of science fiction offers on hand. Yes, uh, starting with Stars Without Number by Kevin Crawford. This is terribly old school. If you think, you know, I like Traveller, but I wish it were more like original (laughs) D&D. This may be the game for you. It, it is a conscious D&D homage in, in some of the game mechanics. Um, there is quite a bit of Traveller in there too. I mean, it has skills and things. Yeah. It's not just, you know, you're a level 7 pilot. Um, it's got... It, it's clearly influenced by Traveller New Era, the, the idea of post-crash rediscovery, which we'll talk about later. Uh-huh. Uh, so, some, something really bad. But basically, there, there were FTL ships, and that, then there was um, interstellar teleportation. And, and the ships got all got mothballed and forgotten, and then something went foom, yeah. And the teleportation network crashed. Uh, so, so you got a certain amount of well, we we know there was a world out there, and we know roughly what it was like before things went foom. Mm. But that's we, good. Yeah, now yeah. now go and find out what it's really like. And that's a setting for a man with stern jaws. And um... there there is a lot of derivative stuff in here, to be fair. But when when uh, Kevin dares to write something original, he gets really very interesting. Okay. Um, I was particularly inspired by Skyward Steel, which is the naval campaign source book. Uh, now, as you know, because you've played it, I've recently run a space naval campaign. He has some very interesting ideas about the shapes that a campaign of this sort can take and the sort of things you can do hmm. in a campaign like that. And certainly, I've, I've, I would certainly have found it useful if, if uh, I'd had that available. It, it, it's definitely a how-to-build series, not, not a this-is-stuff-ready-to-use, though. Hmm. And then, by contrast, Traveller 20, or T20. Now, if you think, you know, I like Traveller, but I wish it were more like D&D 3rd Edition... <laughs> then this might be the game for you. I will say that there, uh, I, I, I normally play either um, 
either current day mongoose traveller or, uh, or or GURPS traveller. But there is a, a there are several sectors, um, uh, scenarios, stuff that you can um, take and use with almost any version of um, of uh, traveller. You may find that that useful if um, yeah, you don't feel like like. Uh, like D and Dification of of Traveller. Also, this this is much more um, a bunch of vehicle and ship books and adventures and settings. It, it it's more of the here is something you can run straight away and less of the build your own. Yeah, and that's running till fifteenth of April, I think. So we we Bin and Gullum mentioned that we do get a free access to this, um, but are not otherwise paid to pop in these occasional commercials. But onward. <laughs> This is a segment in which we're going to play around with an idea. We like doing this. Um, this it might be headed um, campaigns we will never get to run, but we'd like to talk about anyway. I was thinking um, about the setup of the uh, of the Japanese period of isolation when they decided to turn their backs on the outside world and forbid any but very controlled contact with foreigners. And I thought about transposing that to a fantasy setting. Let us suppose that there is um, an isolated nation on a group of islands. Let us suppose that they come in contact with the wider world and it becomes obvious that the wider world is going to be visiting them and the rest of the world a lot more. And let us suppose they call upon their gods and say, Oh gods, we do not like this outside world, take it away. <laughs> and the gods do that. They do that thing and um, the ships are, and maybe later aircraft of the outside world pass them by. They see things are happening out there, but they do not concern them. That is, um, that is not something that touches them. And then... One day something changes. They find themselves no longer in touch with their gods, no longer protected from the outside world, and they have to emerge. And I'm wondering what sort of stories we could get out of that sort of setup. Roger? Well, I think a lot of it depends on what is outside. Yeah, What's, that's, that's the big question. What, is, what would it be interesting for them to discover when they step out of the cocoon. And in order... and If it's something like The Modern World, for example, hmm. I'm not going to name a film in which something not entirely unlike this happens because it's the sort of film that relies on uh, you not knowing what's going to happen to be at all interesting. And it's by that director who that sort of thing. No, let's not say that. <laughs> but the, the, the idea that you, you think you are in a fantasy world... And hang on, they've got, you know, steamships and airships and aeroplanes and things like that. In that case, I think you need something that the isolated people have that, that could glue them together. Mm. Otherwise, they're just going to get absorbed. Wh whether that is magic or 
access to the gods or just some sort of really strong cultural element that, that, that they're prepared to stick to. Otherwise, it's, you know, Mickey Mouse and Coca-Cola. Well, yes, they have to... They have uh, they they have to be not overwhelmed. The gods have... Uh, the gods, or whoever, or whatever, yeah. have held their side of the bargain and they've kept them safe in... Um, until it was safe to emerge. Or or if you want to be more doom laden, the gods have gone away because of something they've done or because they were never real in the first place or got bored. Got bored, yeah. Insufficient insufficient worshippers or whatever. I was thinking I mean, the obvious way to do this is with uh, a Japanese or pseudo oriental culture. Because why not? It's very pretty, and it's um, it has it has elements that that are very appealing, and it's also a real world example of a culture that didn't get completely absorbed. Though they're obviously they've obviously taken a lot of outside influences in and incorporated them. Mm. Well, I, I'm I'm sure there are historians who've argued um, up, down, and sideways about how much difference that period of isolation made, but I can see. Actually, what I think I was conceiving of was them emerging into a post-technological, um, post-advanced world, and they've been preserved against the against the collapse of all that. Or maybe the singularity has happened, and they're emerging into a world of wonders that they don't understand, but there's nobody there. Is mm. that fun? Well, it looks an awful lot like a land grab until presumably they run into the monsters. Mm, yeah, well, there are. Do they land grab? Do they want to c- come out? Well, they they have been stuck on on the islands for however long. Mm-hmm. There has presumably been a certain amount of population growth. Yeah, um, they they are always younger sons. That's true. Um... One possibility would be to set it up as a brigadoon. Um, not that they have been isolated, but they have been fast-forwarded past all the things that have happened. So they have grown a bit, but they're not bursting at the seams. I'm not sure if that's a, an interesting or a cowardly way to do it. You, you you can get away with a certain amount of time slippage, I think. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be the same time inside as out. I should think that there would be... I think you'd be fully justified in throwing in some sort of... if you Even if you're taking a 100% real um, world culture, you'd be justified in taking some sort of mutation or change to the culture, some sort of copying error or um, evolution inside the culture. I'm not sure what that is. It would, it would depend on what sort of setting you wanted. I mean... You could do this as completely non-fantasy and say, if you did this as 60s science fiction, then then it would be that they develop psi powers, for example. Mm, That's nice. Which obviously looks a lot like magic, but it's respectable and scientific, honest. Uh Yeah. Um, And and don't ask about the equal and opposite reaction when when you try to lift something with your brain. I'm I'm putting all the stress into my stomach. (laughs) Uh yeah, the uh, you can. I mean, the gods don't have to be gods, or they can be understand stood to be gods, and not be gods. We can do that certainly, but I think what where where the core is here, I think, is exploration 
and um, discovering the truth of what's been going on. So essentially, th- that that starts to look a lot like a post-apocalyptic game. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, you you've come out of your bunker. Yeah. You you've got all the stuff that you thought when you went into your bunker would be useful. Yeah, we're going to come back to that. I think later in the in this podcast. But it but it does seem that um, mm. one thing you might get there is the reason the barrier is dropped is we we have we have run out of something that we don't need in large quantities, but we but we always oh, needed fall, to import the fallout, a little bit. Yeah, the fallout thing. No, it, it, this is more. Um, I don't know. Gradu- gradually, we leach our dietary selenium in, into the soil, and we don't get all of it back. Yeah. And we're getting to the point where it's actually going to cause problems that we don't have it. So, so we need just a little bit of it from somewhere else. That that or a water pump, yes. <laughs> but um, I think it, I, I uh, my my original idea was that they the barrier goes away. Um, maybe. Oh. All right, let's say that there has been a, a sparkling uh, curtain of, of shimmering lights around the islands all this time, and they awake one morning and it's gone. And mm-hmm. they go to the gods' temples and they pray, and the gods are not there anymore. I think that's... And they haven't... The number you've dialed is unavailable. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, you may not leave a message. Uh, after the term we will not provide the um uh, that alone ought to create a, a disruption in the in, in the in the islands because they have known that they were blessed and and somebody's going to interpret that as we have sinned and therefore and finding out uh, what's actually going on but they there needs to be a threat because otherwise they could sit on their islands um, for an age, um, maybe the threat comes from the uh, from the younger sons and the uh, the restless ones. Well, telling people you can't go out because your ship will go fizzed when this can be demonstrably yeah shown will probably work. Telling them you shouldn't go out because um is, is because not, of not corruption go- and evil out there. It's not going to work on everybody. That is true. But they go out there and some of them are going to find corruption and evil. And some of them are going to come back very rich. And some of them may not even be the same people doing those two things. Yeah, um, some of them. The idea of... um, hmm. Actually, you could incorporate the idea of Hunger Games if you want to get nasty. If, If they're on the islands and the islands have been reaching their limit of population support there could have been some very nasty ways to decide who lives and who dies. And that would create and maintain a warrior culture that would just love to go out and find somebody else to beat up on. I think, I don't know, I've, I think we're, we're seeing this as, um, from the point of view of the islanders. Yeah. And in order to do that, I think you want to be at least a bit sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Um, I don't think they would necessarily be monsters, um, but they might be. Their their everybody's way of life bends them out of shape, and mm-hmm. uh, and they might have been bent out out of shape in 
particular ways. Our trouble is, if you want to do the Japanese thing, you've got the samurai, you've got the warrior caste, and a warrior caste needs wars to justify its existence. Well, if you have people living outside, then, then you have the... We know exactly how wars happen, you know... Um, we, we, we advance and shake our fists and they advance and shake their fists and then our, our left flank advances because the, the great sage wrote that the left flank should always advance first. Yes. And, and that's what we do in every battle. And mm. these guys don't seem to know the rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that scene in... Um, that, that scene in Pacific Overtures where, uh, where the samurai disc- uh, thinks he's pulling a very... A very clever trick, and all he's doing is embarrassing himself in front of the American sailors. Yeah. I... There might be... Um, when you said we look at it from the from the Islanders' point of view, there might be an inverse where we look at it from... Uh, uh, from the point of view of one of the remnant um, populations off the islands... To them, uh, well, it would be a world where all the really clever people went away a long time ago and, and we live in the ruins, but we have or a life. Or indeed, we, we were getting on fine and we had some problems, but we have a life. And who, who are you, so you want our stuff? Yeah. And who are you with your fla- uh, flashy swords and, and funny-looking armour to, to want to take our, our stuff? Mind you, that's a feeling I've often had about the post-apocalyptic games. They they very often assume that mm. uh, you know you are from a survivor community that that has had its, you know, that has basically done well. Yeah. Whether whether that was because of bunkers or something else, and you know, yeah, we're we're getting on. We we it's not as good as it used to be, but we we're managing, and we hardly eat anybody these days. Mm. And um, who are you saying we're bad people? Cannibalism is a problem we have mostly solved. <laughs> Tying this down a bit further, um, I think you 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 want it not completely empty because apart from anything else, that restricts your options for NPCs. Yeah. And in the longer term, you might even find a surviving, substantial pocket of civilization as, as an option. You don't want to yeah. rule it out, at least. In the short term, then, that, that is, there is this world, it is empty. Well, actually, it's not empty, it's, it's got monsters in it. Mm. And very occasionally it's got unfriendly humans in it as well. Mm. Unfriendly humans who look weird. Yeah. And, and don't, don't talk civilised language. Uh, and have disgusting table manners. Mm. They, don't even, they, 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 don't, they don't even use their fingers. They, they, they use metal. It's... it's it, they stick knives into the. It's it's quite disgusting. Mm. Um, so so that is basically the exploratory campaign, and it's a thing. A thing I've mentioned from time to time the the idea that there is a vague idea that you know what the world used to be like, but your idea is very vague and very out of date. Is one I find quite appealing. Mm. So you, you have the general sense of big city here, but you have no idea what the big city is actually going to be like. Well, I would say um, one possibility that crossed my mind um, just just now. Remember the March North, which we which I referred to last time. Graydon Saunders, yeah. 
Um, I was thinking that maybe you this could be post the Magic Returns apocalypse, where you have you have isolated communities dominated by wizards, and the um, on the basis that if your community is going to survive, it needs a wizard. You, well, yeah, uh, uh, the wizard is structurally only in place of the feudal overlord. But uh, but he's a lot more powerful and can do a, a lot more weird stuff. But he, but do, doing a similar job in that he's keep, keeping the um, horrors away, basically. Yeah, but he is himself a horror. But, yeah. Um, which no no, no there, there are perfectly good and sensible reasons why why um, two, two virgins a year have to go up to the castle and never be seen again. Yes, yes. Don't don't, don't worry about it. I know. I know. I know what your strat son. He's saying he's having visions of the real form of our overlord is, but that's... We, we, we have a treatment for that now. Yes, yes. Um, it involves ice picks. <laughs> the, uh, that in which case, the reason, the reason that the, 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 the islanders can come in as, um, as uh, uh, heroes, if they've got a, a reasonable means of defence... Against uh, against all the monsters, or they have monsters of their own who are terribly polite. You you might get a certain amount of seven samurai teaching people to defend themselves as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I pick up the stick and I hold it at this end. Ah, <laughs> uh, the well, it's been. I seem to recall in Brandon's one that the 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 wizards tended to breed people who liked wizards um, and were deferential towards them. Well, there, there is a certain selection pressure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes. Um, I, I might describe it as the down-with-the-foom school of politics. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, if you, if, you, if, you give the, if you give the islanders some sort of resistance, uh, if, they, if the islanders are an original stock that has some sort of resistance to... Uh, uh, um, uh, to the wires of the wizards. That's another. That's another possible solution. Yeah, not 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 even that they have the resistance. More more that it wasn't deliberately removed from them <clears throat> over the intervening generations, the way it has been out with outsiders. Oh, that's good. Yes, I like that. Um, crippling the uh, crippling. Mm. They still have faith up to a point in their gods, and if you want to go all last magic on on it, then that would also make uh, a possible solution. I feel this is a post, um, because you want there there to have been a sh- a big tall tall seafaring ships beyond the glimmering barrier and even airships. I think this is a uh, a post modern world post magical apocalypse. People um, say they saw airships. I mean, there was just a wizard on an, on one of those dratted flying carpets. We can explain this perfectly re- reasonably, even without a swamp gas. I think if you're going to have the, have the magic side of things, it's probably better to, to base it not not in real cultures, though. I mean, you you may well say there was a technological civilization, but it might be one of those civilizations that looks technological but does it all on magic, for mm. example. Well, in that, if you want to do it, do you, uh, if you, do you want, to, is there also a way of doing this with with SF and aliens and what have? Yes, of course there is. Is that better? Well, yeah, I don't they, they, think they, they, so. the islanders are the invaders, clearly. The, the, the islanders are, hmm. as far as the remnant locals are concerned, yeah. 
True. Or... Or you could have had the barrier being a transport to another plane, to another planet, maybe. I don't know about that. Picking up the... Oh, right. The gods pick up the islands, surround it by the force field and carry it off, carry them off into the sky. And then we can do the High Crusade with um, yeah. uh, with uh, Katanas. I think I think the fun in this comes when some of the fun in this comes when the Islanders' code of ethics and culture hits things it doesn't handle. Yes, and um, you, you already said about the the the, the antiquated battle tactics. I think finding what's what remains good in your um, original culture and um, and pretending that you've never really changed might be the name of the game here. Mm, I could also see a, th- a problem of warriors versus soldiers in that the, the islanders are all about the, the individual fighting prowess. Yeah, but the way we're depicting the outsiders, they're too they're too crapped upon to produce yeah, many soldiers. But they have the concept of True. you fight as a band, you look after you look out for your mate. You mm. you act as a unit rather than going for the individual glory. Mm. And that will make up for a substantial skills and equipment shortfall. That's true. Except we're we're depicting the world we're depicting the world as a, as a hellhole, so that means the soldiers Call it a band of raiders, if you prefer, but a mildly disciplined one. Mm, I th- well, actually, I think if it's if the if there's the big and organised for these this new world empire over the hill, then that gives them something to aim at, something to react to, something to protect the immediate locals from. They turn up on on shore, and the legion is over there <laughs> demanding uh, surrender. And they can um, and they can fall into that and uh, find themselves suddenly protectors of this nice uh, little province here. And if or, they're dis- or as an alternate path, they they can work their way up the politics. Mm. Well, if they're the uh, if they're the uh, inconvenient sons who have been thrown off the island, um, then this allows for something else. I. You, you can speak for your family back on the island, can't you? Yes, and, and they'd like to sell things to us, wouldn't they? I'm sure. Yeah, the uh, there's another mode in which in which you you have the island and it is protected, and you can go out, but nothing can come in. Mm-hmm. And they are sending out bands of uh, of well, the losing people in the in the, the losing side in the combat. You fight really hard to stay on the island, and then you lose. You get shoved on a boat and said, uh, "Say, you're, I won't say don't come back because you can't." Hmm. Um, that that might be amusing. And then all of a sudden, they can. Yeah. Oh, you go ashore and you find the uh, the 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 kingdoms which have been dominated by all the people you you dropped out through the barrier, um, and who and they would, of course, be very grateful for this opportunity you gave them. Yeah, they will remember you happily and joyfully. How long to Look come back? Look how pleased they are to see us. Yes. Do you have re- real um, whatever food it is we haven't been able to find over here still? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
That would be interesting too. Okay, have we squeezed the juice out of this? Or is there? I, I think there are several directions it could go, and one would have to pick one before taking it much further. Yeah, I think I think it's not. It does need um, a direction sketched out beforehand. You can't do it as a pure discovery game. I have done pure discovery games where I didn't know what the setting was before I moved out into it, and it's magnificent if you can pull it off. But I think this one needs a true history. And what's really going on right from the start, or at least a framework so that so that individual inventions can be can be fitted into that and tested for compatibility and so on. Yeah, it it all needs to make sense in the end, and you don't want to be the uh, scriptwriter in the final season who gets reminded by by the online geeks of oh, about of something that got written in the first season. That's what we are as GMs. Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, but. Uh, but what about when you said is the thing that a GM should dread <laughs> most of all? This springs out of a topic discussed in Alarms and Excursions, so I apologise to those of you who uh, read my uh, diatribes as well as listen to them. Um, we're going to talk about blindness as a story element, as a metaphor, as a thing we can make use of. I feel this slightly closely on a personal level since I have a, a regular player who has become, uh, or has become a, a person of very restricted vision and we have to work around that. But it's something that almost never comes up as a character trait in games, uh, but could be useful in in some ways as uh, a thing that happens. I was watching um, the uh, the Netflix movie um, Bird Box, which I didn't um, stick with because I reached the point at which uh, three people, uh, two of them uh, young people, uh, were attempting to explore the world with blindfolds on so they didn't see the terrible thing in the sky. And I reached the point at which they found a terribly conveniently placed uh, rope and a terribly conveniently placed boat and then set off on their quite insane journey to safety. Um, however... Now that's a in a way that's a sorry. I just want to be the monster in this scenario. <laughs> you you want to be the the thing in the sky that causes everybody to um, go insane when they notice it. No, I, I was thinking more of I don't know a random tiger. Yes, all right. Um, they also get the the people who've looked at the thing in the sky and want to kill, 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 and then die. All right, the blindness. As a story element, as a trait of characters, what can we do with it? Well, if you want to be metaphorical about it, yeah, then and it's, why not? It seems to me that the obvious approach is to have some other sense, which is terribly important to a lot to an awful lot of entities in the world, which your player characters don't have. Mm, yeah. Oh well, such as you're the only non-psychics in the world. Yep. Um, yes. Actually, yes. Specifically a sense as opposed to um, something you can 
do things with. So, you know, yes, you're the only people who can't read minds as opposed to you're the only people who can't speak telepathically or telekinesis or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's something like that in Graves. So, so somebody looks at you and mm. then they look confused and then they look worried. In the... mm. Yeah. If, if, you're, if, if, if the, lack, the sense you lack gives you an immunity to that sense, then that's, that's actually valuable. Um, it's it's mostly a disadvantage, but it it has some good points. Greg Stoll's is um, out of the violent planet, which is a, a setting for rain, is about uh, Earth discovering that they're the only um, planet where the dominant species can't be mind controlled by um, the big bad people out there. Hmm. But I have got this. I have got this interesting talent for picking up guns and shooting people with them, which apparently the rest of the galaxy hasn't thought of because they haven't needed it yet. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's a disadvantage. A, it's a bit Janissaries, yeah. It's a disadvantage um, which turn, turns it into, into an advantage. What about characters living with an actual disadvantage that they can't see something that's needed? by the rest of the world. There are a couple of dis- GURPS disadvantages which go along these lines. Apart um, from blindness. I'm, I'm thinking of things like uh, illiteracy and innumeracy and so on. Yeah. Um, and in GURPS Cyberpunk introduced the slightly poorly defined non-iconographic in which you can you can read perfectly well, but all, all, the, all these little symbols make no sense to you. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, run that by me again. Well, the, the idea is all, all the little icons on your phone or whatever. All right, don't don't work for you. But if 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 you can if you can label things in text, then you're just fine. I'm sure that is a thing that happens because GURPS is a well researched game. But um, peculiar sort of yeah, various sorts of. The, the point is, this is something that most people in that setting can do perfectly well. Yeah. But, hmm. What's the use of it from a, a narrative point of view, from a, a, a character building point of view? Um. When I when uh, when we managed to persuade my most um, loquacious player Graham Arnold to play uh, a play a mute character, we very soon realised it was a very bad idea because he was the loud, loudest and most um, intrusive, uh, utterly silent character that we've ever seen. I once played Hex Hex with a particularly loud player who, when he got to the point where um, if if your score goes negative, you're not allowed to speak. Mm. Um, we were seriously worried he might explode. <laughs> so, if you give, oh, I don't know, if you give each character, if a character has um, a mandated disability, what well, is, 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 is it for the individual character or is it for, is is everybody it for the group? Is it yeah. everybody the party needs to have it? <laughs> to, to some extent, is, is is the game about this or is the character? to some extent, about this. Mm. Well, if if there are things you can't see, things you all can't do, well, then, then, it, then it turns into, into, into Bird Box, I, I think, which is about survival and about extreme and incomprehensible circumstances. It limits, I think, that sort of setup limits the amounts that the characters can do, but it does show does give a t- uh, chance for courage and ingenuity in the face of god-awfulness. Well, if, if the story is about why is this important, how do we live with it, how do we live without it, etc., yeah. 
then that's a fairly limited set of things for the story to talk about, and it needs to end when it's talked about them, I feel. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's part of an individual character's story, then there's the ongoing mm. campaign. I, I think that's better in some respects because yeah, sometimes it will be a crippling problem, sometimes it will be not a problem at all, sometimes it may even be an advantage. Yeah. You know, um, the, uh, what was it? Was, was it... Uh, a particular sort of colour blindness that turned out to be remarkably good at seeing through camouflage. Hmm. No, I didn't know that. And c- certainly, people who'd had um, lens re- um, in eye lens replacements in, in the forties yeah. were very much in demand as coast watchers because because they could see um, the slightly extended spectrum of light that was that was used for signalling. Hmm. Right. All right. In that case. Uh, is there fun to be had out of living the life of somebody who is disadvantaged even compared to his his colleagues? Well, I think so. Okay. Um, um, I, I I think this this was probably philosophy of role playing. Really, um, most people can can be interesting to play. Um, how how do you work around this? Do 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 you do 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 the um, grumpy to hell with you all? Do do you do the um, oh don't worry about it? Do you, uh, do do you put on a face um, and, and quietly get pissed off and so on? Well, it now occurs to me that um, and it hadn't at the start of this that this is a narrative in uh, in the current TV version of Doom Patrol. They're all. Um, well, they call themselves freaks. Um, they are all disadvantaged and fight and and want to retreat from the world for pretty good reason uh, much of the time. Um, but they're also that might might be an example of how how to get a party together when everybody wants to play the brooding learner. <laughs> True, somebody has to play the chief, and his job is going to be very very hard. Hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're getting. Uh, getting the the story together and getting them motivated enough. It's being played mostly for comic comic dramatic effect in the in the T in the T V series. Um I'm fairly I'm not sure most um I'm not sure I sh- I'm fairly sure that most of our uh, role players would rather play the X Men, um, who may be freaks but are Uniquely, each individually uniquely powerful as well as different. I think the more challenging the, the situation is that the um, less long people are going to want to play it for. True. Um, then again, of course, the, 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 these are um, worlds with mutable characters. That uh, you, you can have that sort of thing inflicted on one or several characters, and then, then the next question adventure is survive while trying to do something about it and get it, get the effect reversed. Yeah, in that case, it becomes an episode and not what the character or the campaign is about. But still potentially useful. Yeah. Moving on to metaphors, um, none so blind as will not see. That is um, to say there are plenty of games and stories to be written about a general blindness, an inability to perceive something that is going on. Um, 
where the player characters are the ones who can um, who can pierce the veil, um, the ones who the Sunnydale um, effect, or, um, or or what's it called in you know, or or that movie they they live. Um, they're mm. the ones who who pierce the veil and cannot convince anybody. They're the Cassandras. I think that's. I'm not sure how long that can run. Um, in some ways, it's a really useful device for preserving something like the real world that you can't you can't reveal to everybody what's going on. Um, for yeah, the, the, the more reasons. the more you go shrieking monsters, monsters to the, to the police and the press and so on, the more likely you are to get locked away. Well, quite. And maybe if they believed you, that would be a bad thing. Which is the world of the of the laundry files. Mm-hmm. That, um, you go. You what you are you are desperately trying to keep the knowledge that this stuff works from people who will poke around in it and destroy the universe. But even before the the players have that uh, particular information, players get quite justifiably annoyed if they aren't told things hmm. about the setting. However, we we've talked before about the everybody knows this document or what my father told me, yeah. and that can certainly be suitably started. Um, while, while we were I was pre- preparing for this, I was reminded of Skyrealms of Jeroen, which has a a guide to the world for aspiring citizens. Yeah, you want to be a citizen, which it turns out is written by one of the factions in that world. There is never need to fear a thriddle. Trust the thriddle; they are your friends. Yeah. They're the ones. They're the ones who smoke that peculiar stuff, aren't they? Oh, I don't recall. I remember the thrills. I've never actually played it, but it, it seems yeah. like a use, useful uh, approach to have. You know, this this is an insetting document, and therefore it is biased. I, I, I have ranted before about um, games which have all their background in insetting documents because I feel the GM needs to know this is actually true. This is actually false. This is actually set it up for your own campaign, and we won't decide whether it's true or false. Yeah, the the GM needs to. GMs will tweak uh, these background assumptions of uh, of just about any, any setting, but if if they if there's a point being made in the original design, it needs to be made clear. And if there's ongoing stuff coming out, it's nice to know it won't contradict. I I recently threw at my um, uh, my request Glorantha players the fact that um, a, a priestess of one of the, their gods. Who had um, to, uh, who had become illuminated and then turned into a chaos monster was still welcomed by their god when she finally died. Well, when they killed her by cheating, <laughs> and the shaman said, "Oh, that's interesting." I just saw her soul go in that direction, which is meant is meant to make make them worry a little bit and worry about them becoming illuminated. I I hope. What what could go wrong? They, they they know illuminated people are um, are terrible and evil. <laughs> they really do. Though it, it does occur to me that um, what one one of the obvious things you could do with a, a skewed setup like that mm. is, is uh, making point making a point about racism, which is obviously easy to do bluntly. Yeah. Um, one of one of my maggots is that very often when, when you get a film about historical racism, the the, the actual racists are depicted as cartoon villains who who just want to oppress people as and the the, mm. the thing that I would much rather do and that I think you can do with a setup like this is say well that it's just it's just the way everybody thinks if they, if they don't think too hard about it they just go along with the crowd and that's mm. what everybody says so yeah, you don't question it it's convenient 
Yeah, which leads to, uh, in the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. The one-eyed man is kicked to death. Well, the one-eyed, well, the one-eyed man has got an advantage if you, if you're awake and everybody else is asleep. Um, then you have an advantage, but yeah, yeah, can you can you exploit this if your group is one of the the it has this special knowledge? It all, it, I mean, you you probably don't want to do what Kipling, what I'm sorry, what H. G. Wells did with with the saying. You want to keep them alive at least for a little bit, but um, they shouldn't have a hundred percent advantage because they have this special. Ability. The special ability should bring with it some special risk. Maybe the, at, at the very least, the mob doesn't like people who are different. Yeah, and you have to lie about who you are and how you do what you do. Um, I think the mob should have a point. I think the world should be set up so that there is something genuinely to be afraid of, but still, the mob's action is is folly. In it. In itself, because you destroy knowledge and you turn and you stick your head under the pillow and you go back to sleep, which I am inclined to do most mornings. It's true. Hmm. Are there any further metaphorical things about? Um... Well, another one to consider is is, is limited versions. Um, since it became a thing that got talked about in the last few years, I've discovered that quite a few of my friends are colourblind hmm. to some extent. The, 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 the total lack of colour vision is, is very rare, but some, but some degree of colour confusion is very common. I believe so, yes. I think I've, I've noticed it amongst my acquaintance. And that that is now having an influence on game design. Yeah, there, are, there are fewer games that, that uh, rely on you being able to tell things apart purely by colour, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, but, I, 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 could, I, could, I could wish that uh, people... the Ability of older gamers to be able to read the damn small stupid text on things were taken into better consideration. But um, games, board game designers, please note. Yeah, well, you've lost FFG, but the others are taking attention. Mm. The uh, but yeah, that 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 sort of thing. I mean, that's as it, as it might be. You know, ninety five percent, ninety percent, eighty percent of the population can whatever. And you've got somebody who can't. It's a which, sort of, which isn't which isn't as um, completely life changing as the total blindness approach, mm. but is still it says it's interesting related things. From a GM's point of view, the total blindness, the total anything, is a lot more interesting to um, referee to find problems for than the than the small niggly thing which they've only taken for five uh, disad points to uh, <laughs> round off there. Uh, their, to- their, their total possible number of dissats. Pyromania. Pyromania is a lifestyle choice, not a disadvantage. <laughs> and there is no problem. As long as the player plays it, there is no problem, apart from getting him out of jail again. He'll get himself out of jail eventually. No, no. Honestly, those big concrete walls, they're not that flammable. Have you heard of thermite? Yeah, yeah. You don't. There, there, there probably is a way of smuggling thermite into. Uh, they, they sent me a cake with aluminium powder baked into it. Yes. Yeah. I'd eaten half of it. Before <laughs> I <realized what> was. 
I think this is this is I should point out some moderately tricky for us because we don't have any any of the problems we've been talking about. My my vision was very bad, but it was always correctable with glasses, and now I've had my eyes lasered, and it doesn't even need that. Mm. Um, don't, don't worry, uh, old age will will produce more disadvantages for both of us. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, you know, uh, better than the alternative. The uh, I would say that I could I could really use, um, and this is only a, a, a side a side issue, uh, a better means of helping my uh, blind player to uh, uh, to handle things around around the table. Um, the uh, there there is stuff, and he and he's he, he's uh, very pro- very proactive in looking out stuff that will help him. But um, it could it could be made easier. I've been thinking about game systems that don't um, don't need quite so much looking up things up on uh, on forms and uh, means of rolling dice that um, are friendlier to uh, to his problems. It it ought to be able not too hard to get a phone app. At least, which which would speak a dice result. Well, there there are, and he's got and he's got got them on his on his pad, but um, none of it is quite as smooth as it uh, as it could be. Yeah, as smooth as it will be, doubtless uh, in the future. Um, but I mean, you, you certainly wouldn't want a system with playing cards and anything like well, that. I am limited in in, in things. I, can't, I certainly can't do paranoia, for instance, which are, are the modern paranoia. Has a lot of things you hand out and which people keep well, secret. Any paranoia needs lots of note passing. It's true that, yeah. However, have we have we squeezed all the last juice out of this? And, Again. In that case, onward. Recently, um, just on speculation, laid in a small store of uh, tin corned beef and baked beans, just in case of, oh, something really terrible happening, which I don't really believe is going to happen. And that's as political as we're going to get on this particular segment. But it caused me to think about gaming at the point of collapse, at the point at which you're living in a stable, a reasonably stable, reasonably prosperous society, and then something happens that causes everything to go to pieces. It might be a plague, it might be a natural disaster that shakes the ground, it might be um, political collapse, it might be um, the invasion of... long-threatened invasion of the barbarians on the border but something happens and the things you could rely on no you can no longer rely on um that's a nightmare we've all lived with and which has happened in countries around the world um not infrequently over the past hundred years so what could we gain out of this where are the possible stories to be told well we've talked before and i don't plan to repeat myself about my preference for transitional moments so i've I've set games 
at the point where the zombie outbreak is happening, mm. for example. But what I think could be interesting is, as, as you're suggesting, a little bit before that, the obvious model is that the player characters, for whatever reason, have got just a little bit more warning than everybody else. Or, yeah. or at least they believe the warning that everybody got where nobody else did. Yeah, they have hmm, they have uh, inside information or they are just that sort of people. Um, they are the one-eyed men in the country of the blind. Mostly blind, anyway. Looking at uh, real-world examples, you, you might well find that, that, that they are people who possibly don't have a lot of friends because they, they have successfully predicted ten of the last five disasters. Yes, being right all the time may, may reduce... Uh, or they may be just the sort of obsessive person who thinks like that. Um, it may be that they've been wrong in the past... But this time, this is the time they 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 laughed at me when I I stocked up with um, with condoms for five hundred years. They will not laugh. Laugh. <laughs> um, they 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 might have been wrong before. They might have been right. It's more interesting, I think, for the players to define their characters as capable rather than uh, just bent out of shape. Well, yeah, this may be just the way I'm, I'm thinking about uh, game design at the moment. I think it's interesting to have both. Okay. You've, you've got somebody who really is potentially going to be the nucleus of a community of survivors mm. because he's got that buried machine shop and generator and so on. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's necessarily popular beforehand. No, or necessarily popular afterwards. He's got a machine shop. Let's take it off him. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Is this? It strikes me there are two phases to this. There is the complete and utter confusion of the collapse, and there is the setting up for the long term. I'm sort of I'm sort of tempted towards the stories of of collapse of, of fleeing down the road with the with all your belongings in a pram and 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 a Messerschmitt strafing you behind. Yeah, the thing that. I think is potentially a challenge there and an interesting role-playing challenge is when do you jump? You know, yeah. th- there is there is a point at which you say, right, load everything onto the pram, we're leaving. We can't we can't wait for for Uncle to turn up with the car anymore. Yeah. Or right, we are we are now getting into the bunker or whatever. And obviously if you do that too soon, then there are lots of disadvantages. If you do that too late, there are even more disadvantages. If you can, if you do it at the right moment, then chances are everybody else is too, and there are also disadvantages, so you can't win. But um, yeah. the, the the possibility there is uh, interesting. Hmm. The the I think I think the, the it's a horror game. Um, whatever it is that's ch- chasing you, it's pretty much a a horror game. This it, this assumes there is an outside threat that you can flee from, and that there is a place of greater safety. Um, there, if there's, if we're talking about an internal collapse, then that gets, I suspect, uh, that gets simpler. But even that, you're moving directly to the what can we do to survive this? Yeah, that, that, that's more of the stock up your house rather than uh, steal, stock up your car. Yeah, stock up your house and uh, and steal what you can from the neighbours. Um, the, I think there's a board game in this. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes, because um, 
At what point do you become explicitly antisocial? Right. At what point do you stop recruiting people? Um, uh, uh, Two phase game. Um, there's the there's the preparation, and then there's the fighting it out afterwards. Mm. Oh gosh, that's a depressing board game. <laughs> so a, bring back rat and roach war. Hmm. Rats, rats. We haven't seen rats around here. Um, the how um, how horrific can this get? How horrific should it get? I think it gets as horrific as the players are prepared to play. And thinking of some of the players I know, really quite a lot. Yeah. The uh, the 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 collapse. Uh, the yeah. It's very it's very difficult to know. The, if the monster's totally inhuman, um, a zombie apocalypse, um, an earthquake, alien invasion, um, then that's that's one sort sort of thing. What's your you go back and I think and you reread um, Day of the Triffids and ask yourself what's your um, what's your moral duty in that kind of situation in because the what Wyndham is 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 asking with a, a very conservative point of view is how far does human charity stretch when civilization falls apart mm. and he gives a, a very um, well, you, 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 low estimate. The, the thing you're trying to work out there is how many how many non-productive people can we support? Uh, to be fair, and we have to make a guess at that. We're we're, we're talking about semi-productive people. Um, the blind are not a totally wasted resource mm-hmm. if you're careful and choose the right ones. But then you have to say, and to some, I, I go away. You don't pass the test, and that's not asked. It would be immensely nasty to uh, to role play. I think. Um, if it's just you and your family, on the other hand, if you have a group of people predefined as those you care about enough to protect, then that's a story of scrambling and rushing and maybe picking up a few like-minded people along the way. Well, I can certainly see this is something I could call a Cthulhu scenario. Mm. Yeah. What One of the characters is the investigator. And it opens when they've ju- they've just come from an investigation. Yeah. And yeah, they 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 did the thing that needed to be done, but now they know exactly when Doomsday is going to be. Yeah, you've got to come with me right now. There's a thing in the hills. I can't describe it, but it's going to come down. And it's going to eat this city. Now there's a hard sell. You know those weekends I've been spending away. No, I really wasn't having an affair. Hmm. Look, don't ask any any questions. Get just get the kids, get in the car, and go. Yeah, that's um, is in those circum in those circumstances is. is it there it a could place? be interesting to to make all the PCs the family and hangers on rather than any of them actually being the investigator in that situation. Yeah. Oh, and it might well be that the investigator. Ah, oh, I'm having a brief. Yeah, if, no, they die if the investigator gets killed early or too early. Maybe. You could only pull it off once, but um, they, they, you could do it in a short scenario that it turns out not to be any place of greater safety. 
that you flee to the hills and the hills are already infested you uh, this is very depressing you know um you get you get back to base and report the the problem to your boss and he says but we released the manuscript um it's in all the shops and um there's cinnamon where you're going to run to yeah yeah and there is no i mean that that it's 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 fun as a crash out well i I think any of these is a one-shot game you reckon well apart from anything else it's it's a limited period during which these conditions apply. You're right. After no, that, no. it turns into a post-apocalypse game. You uh, you get to the coast and you flee across to England, and then the rest of the war goes on without you. Or you reach the the hills, and yeah, this is you you, you get the the canonical the, the the filmic answer to this sort of thing is you get to some point of temporary and potentially long term safety. Yeah, you know. Um, the, the 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 Isle of Wight, um, the the little country cottage up a road that the big cars can't get up, so so you, so you won't be found by raiders and that mm. sort of thing. Yeah, the the yeah the the island um, with just enough land to support what you've got. Yeah, the so this is a this is a this is a, a game of jump horror shots of um, of terrible moments of meeting people who you think you can trust and maybe you can and maybe you can't maybe they will they're, they're terribly charming but they'll steal your car or or mm-hmm. they'll 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 take your daughter and run with her um i am very fond of the film seeking a friend for the end of the world i have never heard of it it's a romantic comedy set uh-huh. at the end of the world what yeah. was what form does the end of the world take? Um, Comet Impact. Okay, but unlike pretty much every other film I've seen that deals with this, it's quite clear that there there is not going to be you know the the final space mission has failed. Yeah, there is not. You know, there really are only eight days left, or whatever it is. Mm. And because that tension is gone, there, there is a lot more interesting storytelling to be done. So yes, all right, we've we've only got this time left. What are we going to do with it? Hmm. it, it it's, I don't want to say a more cheerful version of uh, On the Beach, but it is. It sounds like a more miserable version of Larry Niven's In Constant Moon. <laughs> <laughs> which, is a, which is a lovely story. Um, and and there's, there's all that bittersweet stuff about... I, I'm, I'm one of the... the, the one percent of people who realizes this means the world's come to an end, mm-hmm. um, and then and then they figure out that they were wrong, right at the end, which makes it a a, a, a fairly typical science fiction story and mm. fairly typical narrative. But it's still a good story. It's that they, mm. it's them talking uh, about um, about the things they'd like to do and the people they'd like to murder. Oh, my dear, he says, as you know, my agent lives on the other coast. <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, absolute despair is, I think if, if, if well, you, absolute hopelessness doesn't have to be an absolute despair. That's what, that's what uh, I'm, I'm getting from the film. All right. Because it, it's not the sort of thing I would run with a typical group of players, but no, I, it's, I, it's an interesting they narrative. Were, it's an, I think it's a, it's a lovely dramatic setup, but for, but for an action oriented, um, uh, medium. You have to be able to do something, even if the GM is going to pull the rug out from under you at the last moment and say, no, 
No, rocks fall, everybody dies. Actually, comet falls, everybody dies. <laughs> there are rocks involved. Yeah, but big, fast, hot ones. The other, the other thing that occurs to me, um, again, not wanting to get too political, but considering uh, a, th- a thing is coming, mm-hmm. and that there is that potentially that sense of long, slow decline, and you know, a, lo- a lot of people agree that there is this thing that's not quite right, and mm-hmm. it could be averted. But nobody really seems to want to be able to do much about it, or of the yeah. few people who could do something about it, they don't care. And uh, that that is. A situation I find frankly depressing in the real world, but uh, that doesn't mean it can't be used in a game as well. Well, uh, yeah, the I, th- I think you find if we're talking about fleeing, then you find then you've got <clears throat> as an element the last remnants of authority um, trying to um, stop people from fleeing, or trying to either trying to stop people from fleeing, or trying to ensure that some people get away. Or one half doing doing one thing and one half doing the other. Mm-hmm. Um, the there would be um, a good scenario in in getting your people uh, your people onto the the last starship from Earth, and um, and and get the get them to whatever safety there is in 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 uh, in somewhere else. That would be a, a quite noble and heroic game, though it might have um, horrible moments. And that might well start as, well, that's why they're not worried about it. They're building a bloody starship. Mm. Yes, let's go and hijack the starship. I, I can imagine, I can imagine that happening. Yes, are you the people who are the selected few who are going to carry on our culture, including the one token black couple? Um, for those of you who remember, was, it, was that which one was that? This island Earth or another one? I don't remember. Oh well. Um, uh, yes, are you going to be those people, or are you going to be the, the rabid horde of not particularly worthy people who are trying to uh, assault the gates? It doesn't help that a lot of post-apocalyptic literature um, has been written by people whose sympathies are essentially aristocratic. So they will say that the few heroic engineers will, will be the, are the ones who deserve to survive. Uh, excuse me, if we're on a rocket ship, I want a few heroic, terribly, terribly competent engineers. Um, and uh, uh, But they're transporting farmers. And, of course, actors, because... Well, absolutely. Yeah. That's probably not me. The the fun in this, I think, as apart from any ironies and political commentary, um, I, either you avert it or you survive it. Either you avert it or you survive it. I I think the assumption here is it can't be averted. This is something that you should have fixed a um, um, hundred years ago, or when you had a working back when you had a working civilization, it was a specific group of people's job to fix this, and they didn't. Yeah, and uh, which leads to a time travel story, but well, not necessarily. I mean, that's just that's just but, why why it wasn't fixed. Yeah, um, and some people, most people, have been assuming that it doesn't matter, and that uh, things will go on as they have been going on, and hmm, yes, and now the moment has come. 
I think I think the fun comes in either reaching the place of safety or dying or what? Well, let's consider dying heroically. Yes, actually, we should. That should definitely be a you know, I'll, possibility. I'll, I'll, I'll hold the bridge while you guys get away. Yeah, um, there should be a moment. If we're doing this as a, as a uh, convention scenario, there should be a moment at which somebody has to turn and, um, and say, uh, this is my job to k- keep them back. Uh, you you get in the car, you get in the van and run. I I will hold the bridge for as long as well, I can. I wouldn't say I'd force it, but I would certainly give that give people the opportunity to do that, and it will be harder work for them if they don't. Yeah, I'm, I I I actually I'm going to what I'm, what I would do is is give them absolutely somebody has to be here. You're going to be overrun, and then the players will figure out something that I hadn't thought of. And blow up the bridge with something I hadn't even considered was an explosive. That's what happens to me when I, I set up moments of heroic sacrifice. I, I had one. You in, know, I could train my pet hamster to jump on the trigger. But I had I had one set up in my in my uh, Dracula dossier game. They had they had killed Dracula um, and were about to destroy his respawning place, but they had but somebody was going to have to stay behind. Um, I, either that somebody was going to have to stay behind to trigger the fuel air explosives, or somebody, or some extremely unlikely piece of um, technological wizardry was going to have to be attempted. And then a player said to me, "Well, I've got um, an automatic success once per session in Alex." I was so disappointed. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah, in my in my last days of Atlantis campaign, I was expecting them to. to some of them to to get killed during the fle- fleeing of the sinking island, but as it turned out, they were, they were having enough of a good time coming up with clever ways to survive and be heroic. So, oh. What was p- piloting the Colossus over that, that was bist- astride the harbour was, was a good one for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the <sighs> what sort of people do we want in this? Is it just plain folks, or do we want? Um, uh, action heroes, or do you want a mixture, or what? My feeling is just plain folks who have, and where, where they are unusual, it is in what gives them the ability to recognise the unusualness. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, if you if you're an astronomer who knows that the comet is coming, your astronomy, though it sets up the story, isn't that useful in the fleeing of. Yeah. But you, depending on where you are, you probably you, you may well have training training in um, endurance for high altitudes. This is the thing that astronomers that's generally, true. genuinely that's have. True. Um, that that sort of thing. I mean, the the actual skills they need will depend on the game. Yeah. Um, it it might well be that be, being a keen outdoorsman would be yeah relevant. That, uh, well, and as uh, and in Day of the Triffids, Bill Tanner's ability. To um, chop the heads off triffids at a distance did turn out to be somewhat useful. Mm. Um, yeah, I but I I have a feeling that um, you don't want the just plain folks there as payload for the um, uh, for the uh, here the, the the military and police and outdoors types to to carry along the way. In a role-playing setting, I would rather have all the PCs be in the same broad class of capability. Hmm. 
Um, so, so you might well have somebody who, who is military and therefore has access to certain things, but they would then not have access to something else that is also needed. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, each of them should bring something to the post-apocalypse and something to the immediate. It struck me that uh, John Wyndham had it slightly better because he was writing after the, after the Second World War and pl- more plausibly his, 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 uh, his folks, everyday folks, could have some military experience or mm-hmm. no, no wine of a stem gun from the other. Um, and there would be a uh, there would be a greater distribution of that sort of skill amongst the populace. Nowadays, uh, not so much. Though, also consider something like de- the death of Gross, hmm. which is m- m- much less of the uh, fighting side of things. <sighs> much more. Oh crap! We're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the stories about um, the stories about oh crap! We're all going to die serve either philosophical or political purposes better than they do adventure, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, as, as I was saying, a, a lot of these have been written by people with right-wing sympathies. I could very easily see one written by somebody with left-wing sympathies, which is basically, we've all got to contribute, because if, if somebody sets them up as sets themselves up as the boss who doesn't have to help, they're effectively taking themselves out of the effort pool. Yeah, feudalism... And and uh, and robber baronism, some uh, tends to become the de- default when things collapse, and avoiding that um, would be a, a heroic work. But it's for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you would want to run this if you run a post-apocalyptic game. At some stage, you might want to run this. As the backstory of your legendary ancestors yeah, who but, came to this place. But as you're suggesting, I think it needs a gap. What, what I think wouldn't work would be run this and do the get to safety and whatever and then keep running it because the pressure will go down. Mm. Yeah, it, and, and then it shifts to essentially colony management. Yeah, which is all right in itself, but I feel that the stories are better for... Uh, for what we were talking about before, isolation and then release out into the outer world. At the very least, do you want a season break? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the next generation, um, there are things to be done with role-playing games um, when you do and 40, 50, 100 years later, this is the situation. I think yeah, yeah. Granddad says once upon, once upon a time you could get any music you liked coming out of the air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, uh, I have a thing here, young sir. I'm a travelling merchant, and I have found this thing. Would you be interested? Tickle, tickle. I think, on the whole, um, yeah, this is a story for immense excitement and close management, and not a little bit of death on the way to final salvation. Mm-hmm. And that, particularly if you've got a small group and you're running it for a convention, where you don't really want to kill off PCs too quickly. That's that's the thing that accompanying NPCs are good for. Well, I th- I think <clears throat> especially if they're accompanying NPCs with with really useful, significant skills. Yeah. That everybody thinks, oh, that that'll keep them alive. I I, I, I think in this sort of scenario, being willing to shift from one character to another yeah. is definitely a keeping yourself entertained. That's another approach. Yeah. Um, but. 
you know, you make a choice, and um, if you, if you've set up the NPCs, actually you set up a pool of characters, and the ones they choose are player characters, um, and the uh, but you you shouldn't be um, scared of killing them because they're only there for for the afternoon, and you've got uh, as long as the player's got something to do. Yeah, that, that's my concern. We've talked about that in another yeah, but but. Second. Uh, congratulations! You are now the whiny kid. <laughs> no, your superpower is looking cute and wide-eyed. Yeah, you want to watch that? I, I was in one game where we realised that Jim was playing by American TV rules, and we and we sent the cute kid in first every time. Ah, uh, yeah, because he'd never get shot. Network network rules uh, rather than uh, than cable. Or... This was a few years back. Yeah. Hmm. Really? Because I would have had the little brat, you know, um, dangled out of a, a tower uh, by his ankles pretty shortly. Well, we'd have been doing that. Oh, what? Anyway. Well, I, I thought that the, the, the kid was... Uh, either to be spunky and save the day, or to get killed horribly. Well, well we not... were hoping for the latter. Yeah. Was the was the was the kid uh, a player character? No. And he did what you told him four times. Didn't get the option. Oh right. <laughs> anyway. Okay, you were dangling him out of the tower. Right. Fair enough. I think we've uh, we've. Uh, Worked our way way around this and defined what the what the opportunities are. Um, would you play in this sort of game? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then I, I like one hopeless one shot Call of Cthulhu games as well. So, hmm. all right. Well, maybe someday we can combine the two. Mm. This has been Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. And Assorted Noises and Thumping in the Background is by Anzac the Dog, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Um, if you want to send us a message and tell us how you would survive the apocalypse and how many tan- tins of uh, corned beef you would advise me to store... <laughs> Toilet for. rolls. Toilet rolls. All right, I haven't got the space for either. Then you could contact us via... Uh, leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly. I'm assuming the end of the world hasn't come and uh, Cthulhu hasn't come down out of the hills. We'll be back in another one's time.